Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. So glad to have you here this morning at Grace Summit Church. And everybody say amen. amen. If you will, turn and look at your neighbor and say, I believe, I believe. Jesus, Jesus is the reason, is the reason. For, this season, for this season. And I will, and I will. rejoice about it. Amen. You know, this is one of the greatest seasons to talk about. You can talk about Jesus easier during this season than any other time uh, because everybody's mind is directed towards uh, the true meaning of, Christ, uh, of Christmas. And if it's not, you can always give them some education because uh, somebody says, well, it's all about giving. That's true. And you know what the greatest gift was? Jesus. Amen. So I want to encourage you. Hey, if you will stand up with me, I'm going to lead us in prayer and then we'll just jump into worship. Father, we thank you so much right now for today that this is the day you have made, that we will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Father, for your goodness shown to us. Thank you, Father, for your word which is, speaks to us. Thank you, Father, for your spirit which is here in our midst. And that, Father, you said that where two or three are gathered together in your name, you are with us. You are in our midst. So, Father, we ask you, we invite you, we want you to be in our midst today so that our lives will be changed, our lives will be transformed, and that, Father, we can see that transformation take place in other people so that we can love you, we can love people, and we can do something for the kingdom. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. amen. I'm going to open us up in a word of prayer. If you're able, I'm going to ask you to stand and we're going to come to our God and worship this morning. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day and for all your blessings. We thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the miracles that you're going to perform within these walls. We thank you for the lives that you're going to change outside of these walls through the days ahead. We thank you for all that you've done and all that you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. And all the saints said... Amen. Mr. Michael, if you could turn it up in the house just a little. Because when I say party, I mean we're about to have a party. There we go. In Jesus' name, let's sing this out. If he's done it before, he'll do it again. Amen, amen, amen. If he's done it before, he'll do it again. A miracle is not a one-time thing. It's a mountain. You won't win. He is God, and you're no match for him. I've seen him do the impossible. Show every giant you have to fall. You won't make me doubt him. Would have never made it this far without him. You can't make me doubt him. Would have never made it this far without him. He has never let me doubt him. Many men. There's no room left for doubt. I know him way too well. He's a good God, amen. He's led us through every season faithfully, amen. We have no reason to doubt his goodness, amen. Amen. Let's sing this out. Promises. In Jesus' name. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name, promises. Promises. Yes, and amen. I'm standing on every word he says. 
to wind and waves you must be still he's never lost no and he never will i've seen him do the impossible show every giant you have to fall you can't make me doubt him would have never made it this far without him you can't make me doubt him would have never let sing that out you can't you can't make me doubt him would have never made it this far without him you can't make me doubt him would have never made it this far without him he has never let me down no he hasn't there's no room left for doubt and i'm and i am standing here by the grace of god and i'm a living witness of perfect love and i am standing here by the grace of god and i'm a living witness you can't make me doubt him we speak to the mountain today and say you can't make me doubt him every trial and fear has no place amen you can't make me doubt him would have never made it this far without him you can't make me doubt him would have never made it this far without him you can't make me doubt him would have never made it this far without him you can't make me doubt him would have never made it this far without him you can't make me doubt him would have never made it this far without him you can't make me doubt him would have never made it this far without him he has never let me down he has never let me down there's no room left for doubt i know him way too well amen he's a good god amen if y'all are okay with it, we're gonna keep praising him this morning. In Jesus' name, we thank you, God. In Jesus' name, we praise your holy name. We raise a hallelujah in all situations because we know you'll see us through. In Jesus' name, let's sing this out. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. Oh, I raise a Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. 
sing a little louder in the presence of my enemies. Sing a little louder, louder than the unbelief. Sing a little louder, my weapon is a melody. Sing a little louder, heaven comes to fight for me. Father God, we thank you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. We thank you. Yes, we're free, free 
forever, amen. When death was arrested, my friends in this morning, oh, we're free, free, forever we're free. Come join the song of all the redeemed. Yes, we're free, free, forever, amen. When death was arrested, and my life began. Yes, when death was arrested, my life began. Oh, when death was arrested, my life began. Oh. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father God for all your goodness, for all your kindness, for all your faithfulness in every season of life. We praise you, Father God. You are better to us than we could ever imagine or hope for. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. From where we've started as a church to where we are now, all the credit can only be given to you, God. In Jesus' name, let's sing this faithful through the ages. God of Abraham, He's a God of covenant, has faithful promises. Time and time again, You have proven You do just what You say. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast and let my heart learn when you speak a word it will come to pass great is your faithfulness to me setting same I will praise your name great is your faithfulness to me God from age to age though the earth may pass away the word remains the same yeah your history can prove there's nothing you can't do you're faithful and true though the storms may come and the winds may blow i'll remain steadfast and let my heart learn when you speak a word it will come to to me great is your faithfulness to me from the rising sun to the setting same I will praise your name in all things great is your faithfulness to me My anchor 
ground my hope and firm foundation you never let me down i put my faith in jesus my anchor to the ground my hope and firm foundation you never let me down no he won't i put my faith in jesus my anchor to the ground my hope and firm foundation you never let let's sing it one more time and remind our hearts put my faith in jesus my anchor to the ground my hope and firm foundation he'll never let me down no he'll never let me down great is your faithfulness to me great is your faithfulness to me from the rising sun to the setting same i will praise your name and great is your faithfulness to me and great is your faithfulness to me and great is your faithfulness to me from the rising sun to the setting same i will praise your name great is your faithfulness to me In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come to you this morning with gratitude in our hearts. just a moment we want to receive our tithes and offerings this morning and worship the Lord with that you may be seated for just a minute if you'd like and those of you who are uh, watching online they're going to scroll some ways that you can participate as well and of course if you're here in the sanctuary you can get an envelope right there in front of you in the chair I want to read to you out of uh, Malachi this morning a few verses because I, I want to remind us of uh of what he said to us and this is uh, chapter 3 starting at verse 6 in Malachi for I am the Lord I change not remember those three words I change not therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed even from the days of your fathers ye are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them return unto me and I 
will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein have we, wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. And then we go on to see, starting at verse 9, Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now, herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows, not one window, windows, plural. There's more than one window. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes and he shall not destroy the fruit of your vines or of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time of the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And here's the one I like. And all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your blessings. And we thank you that when we bring our tithes and offerings to you, that you open up the windows of heaven. And we thank you that you pour out blessings that we cannot contain. We ask for your blessings on your people this morning and on this time of giving as we bless your holy name. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may bring your tithes and offerings up now if you would. weeks. These are those uh, prayer cards for your family members. And so just stretch your hands out this way. If, if you don't if you don't have your card in, if you can find one, we're out uh, a good bit. So find one. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you right now. And we believe you, Father, for your power, your presence to just overflood every name upon all these lists. That, Father, your spirit would become real to them today. That people who have said they may not believe in God, Father, all of a sudden the twinkle of the Word of God comes alive in them. And the fire of God is birthed in them. Thank you, Father, that your Word will not return void. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name that Satan's hand has been cast off these. And we believe, Father, that their eyes see the light of the glorious gospel in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you right now. So with, the, with that being said, Father, we lift our hands and we thank you, Father, for all these coming into the kingdom. We th Come on, worshiping. Father, we thank you right now that these are um, uh, salvations that, Father, as many as us believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, us and our house shall be saved. 
So, Father, we thank you for it. We thank you for it. And, Father, for all of our saved loved ones, we thank you that you're, they're, they're protected, they're kept, that um, um, angels are encamped round about them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. amen. Give me a better amen. amen. Give me a better amen. amen. There we go. Now we're getting army style. Glory to God. I mean, give me some light in here. Make it a little brighter in here. Is that okay? I found out why it was a little hot in here. For some reason, two of the units were on heat. So I fixed that. Amen. Hey, hallelujah. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 30. And um, uh, this is not a Christmas message in a sense, but it is. Um, you know, I've always said to my, about myself, I, I, I don't, I never have liked, um, I just, you, you know what changed my life growing up? And I mean this, I mean, thank God for Jesus and salvation. So I mean, th this is equal to that. It was the word of God that changed my life, that gave me hope and let me know that things can change, can be better, that God is faithful, uh, that, that there's, um, uh, there's a, as the old saying is, there's a heaven to gain, a hell to shun, but there's things on this earth that can be changed. It was the word of God that did that. I said this morning to some people, we were talking, and when I was growing up, I mean, I, I just thought God was mean. That's all I ever heard, how much God, you know, was going to kill us and destroy us. And, you know, you, you better watch out because, you know, who's ever, who's ever heard this? If you're in that theater the night the rapture happened, would Jesus walk in that theater to get you? Well, the implication was he would. And since he wouldn't, I just need to be ready. I mean, I, I, there was such fear. Well, what broke that on me was reading scripture. I love the Word of God. Can I have an amen? Uh, I think the Word of God changes more things. In fact, if, if you notice, throw this out, we know that Satan flees at the worship of God, but it is the Word of God that keeps us full of him so that he can't come back. Because the devil, the, Jesus actually said, he's, if you cast the devil out of someone, he will try to come back, find the room fit and clean, try to bring in seven more. So what do you fill it up with? You fill it up with the word of God. And so um, I love the word of God. Now, uh, th this is a passage that I um, haven't preached on in a while. And I'm going to preach this in a different way too. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 11. Um, I've got about... 20 verses here, so I, I might read some of them. I'll skip through, I'll try to, I'll give you the notes, uh, the verse I'm reading from, but just to let you know, I'm reading from 11 to verse 20. For this commandment which I command you, this is verse 11, today is not mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. Now, who in here knows that is quoted in Romans and uh, that, that attitude right there. And that part about who will go into heaven or across the sea, that's also from Ephesians, which is something Paul actually tried to get over and the Spirit of God tried to get over here is that the promise of God always lives within you. And the promise of God is as close as you and as close as your mouth. If you'll let it, it will always be there. So he's, he's reminding these people here in the book of Deuteronomy, these children of Israel who have just come out of the Red Sea 
We have been wandering, you know, we, we're doing all that wandering thing, and they're making covenant with God as they go into Canaan land. He says here, verse 15, see I've set before you today life and good, uh, death and evil, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments, his statutes, his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to and to possess. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you that you will surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life so that you, both you and your descendants may live, verse 20, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. And everybody say amen. Those are good verses. Uh, not only does God tell us what he has set before us, he tells us what decision we should make. Yeah. Choose life. And I always love that last passage, so that you and your seed shall live. Now here's another thought as a parent. If you have chosen life, you have a right based on that scripture to believe that your children choose life. So your children, your seed will choose life. Can I have an amen? That if they're born again, they love God, they're gonna serve God. And everybody say amen. Now, if you will, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 2. I want to use another verse and lay a foundation for something. Now, I've mentioned this before that I've preached this for. I don't know if, I, I don't know if I've preached this here years. 1 Samuel chapter 2, but, but I got convicted this week. And I, I believe this is a message to our church. I believe this is a message to us individually. I believe this is definitely a message to us in any part of life. First Samuel chapter two says, therefore the God of Israel says, well, uh, let's back up. Okay, first Samuel chapter two, uh, God had made a promise to the nation of Israel, the kingdom of David, that he would forever keep his throne uh, in, in line. Now, spiritually, that's true. Jesus, the throne of David, spiritually has never been broken because Jesus has come. And everybody say amen? I mean, you know, so, so Jesus is from the lineage of David. Is that right? But yeah, you know, you hear people talk about now the, the, the God, you know, uh, sometimes people say there's these contradictions, but there's not, they're not contradictions because the Bible says, I am the Lord, I change not. Yeah. Well, if you look at it, he said David's uh, throne would never cease. And then now this passage we're about to read, he takes it away. But see, it wasn't that God's covenant had ever changed because what did he do? He brought Jesus, which ultimately fulfilled David's throne. But yet these people had something to play in that. And in, and in this chapter here, he is, this is actually where, the, if you read it, this is where that uh, promise is being changed. And he says here, therefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. So in other words, if you will, God has set certain laws in motion that control events. Now, we always use that with sowing and reaping. That's the law. He also said in Genesis chapter 8, he said summer and winter, night and day, cold and heat. Those are laws. I thank God for those laws. Those laws let me know that things are going to work. There's the law of gravity. I know that's going to work. I never wonder if I'm just going to flood off into space. 
and I've got enough weight that I don't need to worry about that. Can I have an amen? Now, we're working on that. We're working on that hard. And so uh, I'm a little lighter, a little tighter. And thank God for a looser shirt so y'all can't tell. Can I have an amen? But there are certain laws. Now, one of the laws that we live by, again, is sowing and reaping. But one of the other laws that we live by is what I'm going to call, uh, and I'm going to call it in a minute, but it, it, it is espoused in this verse here. That God says that whom, whom you honor, I will honor. Or if you honor me, for those who honor me, I will honor. I, I've always called this the law of mutual benefit. There is this law that works in the universe called mutual benefit. And when you break that law, it brings certain things. I don't mean this wrong. I've often looked at God. What benefit does he get with me being in relationship with him? I'm very one-sided in this. I think I get the benefit. I'm not going to hell. I'm forgiven. I get to be in relationship with him. He's my spiritual heavenly father. I have been engrafted into the tribe of Judah. I mean, I... I'm going to be a king and a lord with him. I'm going to wear a robe and crown. Can I have an amen? I mean, I, I, I got all this. I, I don't know what benefit he gets out of it. But he does get me. And he does get you. Who in here has ever met somebody and there's really nothing they could give you? But yet you still love being around them. Those things are called kids. Can I have an Amen. You know what I mean? We're, we're at Christmas time. My kids do this every year. Daddy, what you want for Christmas? I don't know. I mean, if I want it bad enough, I'll go buy it. And the stuff I want, they can't afford. So I'm not going to tell them the stuff I really want. You know, let's, let's all take out a home loan so Daddy can have that. No, I mean, you know, I wouldn't do that. But who in here knows what I really want? I just want to be with them. Have a great time. Cry when they leave sometimes. I can choke up when Jackson leaves sometimes. Other times I'm really glad. Can I have an amen? <laughs> Jackson's 100%. And I'm telling you right now, 100% Minecraft. Minecraft, Papa, Minecraft, Papa, Minecraft, Papa. <sighs> but I just want to be with them. So who in here would agree that I get a benefit out of that? Now, I saw one of the most tragic videos the other day, and, I, and it, was, it blessed me, but it broke my heart too. It's in the middle of wintertime. This is recent. And this woman walks over to the house, two houses down. You can see there's snow on the ground. She rings the bell, she steps off the little stoop, and this little girl, probably eight or nine, walks out there, and she says, can I help you? You know, yes ma'am or something. And she looked at her, and just a sweet older lady, she says, um, honey, she says, I brought you in your, and she knew the family, and she finally, the little girl put together who she was. She says, but I live right down. She said, all my kids are grown up. I'm telling you, I cried when I watched this. She says, all my kids are grown up. She says, but I miss being a grandmother. She said, so if you'll ever want to just come down and visit, you just let me know, and I'll make sure I got candy for you, and I'm always there waiting, and I'm always there for you. She said, all you've got to do is come down. And she, little girl, looks at her, she goes, well, what's this for? She goes, those are presents I just wanted to give you. So all that lady wanted was what? Some relationship. Now, let me ask you a question. If that little girl and boy go down to that house two houses down in the middle of winter or summer, and they get down there and she's got Hershey bars and she's got all this stuff, do they get a benefit out of that, those kids? Yeah. Do, does she get a benefit? Yes. yes. But who in here knows when that benefit ceases? Relationship ends. Yeah. Always will. Yeah. 
This is an eternal law of kingdom, the law of mutual benefit. And so it works the same way with us and God. Oh, I just want God to bless me. Oh, I want God to bless me. Well, are you honoring? Because again, it works both ways. Man, you know, if you honor God, I mean, he honors you. I mean, I've had some things happen in my life. I didn't deserve it. I know I didn't. I know I didn't work for it. And it's just happened. And I'm thankful for it. Uh, you know, I, I joke about, I think I said this a couple weeks ago, me and Lisa, I went and preached for this one guy one time in South Carolina named Thornton, Pastor, Pastor Thornton. And uh, I, I had never met him. I still don't really know how he found me. But he calls me out of the blue and said, I need you to come preach. I said, well, he goes, have you got anything open? I said, yes, I do. Because I had a lot open. Can I have an amen? I didn't have any place to preach. I, so I went and preached. And I had several different relationships like that. Just happened. Why, just honor God? I know one time, I'll tell you this, I went and preached in Pennsylvania. Drove eight hours, eight hours. And I go up there to preach. The pastor on the last minute has taken off, gone out of, out of the country. I'm there with like 12 people. I understood this was this large church. I'm there with like 12, probably, maybe 30 people. I may be just remembering it in my frustration. My offering was $75. Now I'm gonna look at me. I'll take money out of my pocket before I give a preacher $75. My offer was $75. I spent more than $75 in food and gas all the way up there and back. Everybody got me? I was ticked off in here for a little while. And I gotta figure out how to eat, make money and what we're gonna do for groceries this week. I'm frustrated. And on the way home, I got convicted over it because I was so frustrated mad, so I just let it go. I said, Father, I for, you know, forgive me. I said, you didn't call me into ministry to, you know, uh, is it in a get-rich-quick get scheme? Can I have an amen? amen? And that church is not my source. You are. Amen. And so I expect you, so I kind of all of a sudden kind of bubbled up with some faith. I said, so I just expect you to meet my needs. I said, you're the one. I said, one pastor friend of mine used to say, this is your church, you can rock it. It's your baby. I said, so you're gonna just have to meet these needs and bring the money in and do what you need to do. Yeah. Well, about six months later, guess who called me? That pastor. We're doing a conference. Would you come and speak? Really? So my first thought was, I'm gonna drive eight and a half hours again. And what will there be, 14 people at this conference? And something got me. I look back on it, I had honored God. And something got me in my, side, in my heart, convicted me. Said, you ought to, you know, watch. I said, okay. And I looked at my calendar, I didn't have anywhere else to go. I said, well, why not? That one meeting opened up more doors for me to preach over the next probably two or three years. So I look back on the first one, and I kind of look back and I, I kind of wonder if that was a test. I hope I passed. Can I have an amen? But see, when you honor God, it honors you. I mean, he honors you. But there's always this law of mutual benefit. Now, this is how I define mutual benefit. Again, it always works. I'm gonna throw this out. It works in all situations. If you don't think it doesn't work at work, quit being a benefiter of the company. And you'll find out. Um on the unemployment line. Refers, mutual benefit refers to a principle 
and a covenant in relationships, whether personal, professional, societal, or spiritual, where all parties involved gain benefits from their association. It operates under the premise that for their relationship to be sustainable and successful, it should not be one-sided. Rather, it should offer reciprocal advantages. Now, here's the point, the reason why we point this out. Your relationship, me and my dad used to have this conversation. And we'd be talking about somebody and I'd say something about, I don't like this. He'd say, my my dad could be, he was a gracious man, but he could be stern. He said, son, he goes, you're exactly where you want to be for one reason. I said, why? I mean, I, I wanted to, you know, who in here knows this great to blame somebody? He said, you're right there because that's what you want to be. He says, because if you didn't, you would find something else to do. Because people do what they want to do. Well, I, I, I ain't never had that opportunity. Yeah, you have. Every day. Every day. I don't have to be married. Is that not true? I don't have to be a father. I don't have to be a grandfather. I don't have to do any of that. I could just go out and commit suicide and end it all. I could go hold up a, a, a liquor store and go to jail. Who in here has ever watched the, the, any news and you've seen people who have held up or gone into crime for one reason, they just wanted to go to jail. They just needed some place to live and some regular meals. I mean, I've seen several people interviewed. And they're like, why did you do this? And I mean, they didn't even do anything like, they didn't do a violent crime. They just held up a convenience store, went outside and <laughs> drank their Diet Coke while they waited on the police. Why did you do that? I- I'm-, I'm cold. But he didn't have to do it. He could have done something else. See, we can either sit and blame everything or we can be productive. Yeah. Well, the reason my marriage didn't work out is because of my wife. Well, that may be true, but how about you? Did you do all you should do? Were you there? Did you benefit them? Well, I'm just not getting anything out of this. You know, I had a guy one time when I was pastoring at the landing, he came up to me, he was a musician. And he came up to me and he said, Pastor Chris, he goes, me and our family, and he kind of had a little tone, but not bad, but he said, but he goes, me and my family, we're gonna leave the church and we're gonna find another church where we can be better spiritually fed. I said, well, brother, I said, I appreciate that. I said, my, my goal's always been, I said, if, if you can be more productive, more effective, and better fed in the kingdom at another church, go and be, go. I said, but I want you to go and be involved. I said, and I would agree. I said, I, I, said, I, I don't want you to be underfed here. I said, but I know for a fact for the last about four months, you haven't sat in one service. I said, you get up there and play. You go out and drink coffee. When we get ready to close, you come back up. I said, so if you go to another church, I said, I want you to at least sit in church and be fed. I said, and at least be honest with that pastor when you tell him you're gonna leave. The reason why is because you weren't being fed. I said, but don't don't be dishonest with me because brother, you hadn't been in service in four months. And to his credit, he didn't get mad at me. He said, you're right. He goes, you're exactly right. And bless his heart to, to the next Sunday, him, his wife, and his three kids sat on the front row, the whole service. And until I left the landing, he was on the front row all the time. Now, here's the bad thing. He got out of church, and they had some problems. Why, what happened there? Benefit. Who in here knows that coming to church has benefit? It has a benefit. Yeah, I've often joked, and people say, you know, do you do personal counseling? And I love to, you know, joke with this. And I say, yeah, but I like to do group therapy better. I said, but I'll give you some individual counseling if you'll come to group therapy. Well, when do you do group therapy? Sunday mornings at 11. 
And if you'll come to about six weeks of group therapy, I'll do some individual counseling. I've always had that joke. But here's what I have found out. If they'll come to six to eight, 10 weeks of group therapy, they don't need the individual. It'll just start working out. Why? Because they become a benefit. There's something in it about being around each other that benefits. It'll encourage you. It'll lift you up. That's why uh, Paul said, forsaken up the assembling of ourselves together. Not just in church, but just in general. We're not, we, we shouldn't live by ourselves and live to ourselves. But again, who in here knows what that is? That is a relationship. That is a mutual benefit. Now on the other side, let's, let's, let's look at this for a moment. If God gives out this attitude, I will honor those who honor me and esteem them who esteem me, which is also saying I'm not gonna honor those who dishonor me. Is it okay for you to leave a relationship that's not got benefit? In certain instances, yes. Paul told people that many times, especially in one place, he said, listen, as much as lies within you, live peaceably with all men. But who in here knows sometimes it ain't within you, just like it wasn't in Paul. That's why Paul and Silas became Paul and Barnabas. Because they got, I'm sorry, Paul and Barnabas became Paul and Silas because Paul and Barnabas got mad at each other. Because Barnabas wanted John Mark. And Paul didn't want John Mark. And I thank God that Barnabas was right because if it hadn't been for John Mark, we might not have the book of Mark. But they couldn't get along together. But Paul, thank God, later on, he said, send John Mark for he's profitable to me. So Paul changed. Who in here knows these were human people, real people, real emotions, but whenever that relationship didn't benefit each other, what did Paul and Barnabas do? They didn't, they did, they had to separate. And there's sometimes in life you need to let something separate. But you shouldn't be quick on that. Amen? I'm just tired of people. Who's ever met anybody who says that? And then on the other side, let's be honest. Who has ever been tired of people? Now, you know, to people who counsel and, you know, uh, Pastor, I, I get that. You know, sometimes, you know, sometimes I, you know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean, but sometimes you just want to ask some people, who puts your clothes on for you in the morning? You know, I mean, like, who, I mean, do you wear garanimals? You know, do you have like little outfits that somebody picks and you, you just wonder about people? And, you know, but again, if your benefit, so, so here, here's why I want to bring up the law of mutual benefit in this day. Most of our society is very inward-oriented. If it feels good, do it. Doesn't matter if it hurts anybody else. Would everybody agree with that? So the bad thing about that is in Christianity, we can become that. Well, I'm just not getting anything. Well, are you giving anything? I have found out, somebody asked me one time, and I looked at him, uh, this was a... HOA thing and somebody made a comment and I looked at him I said can I be honest I said HOA is just like church they said what do you mean I said just exactly like church I said there are people in this association that haven't paid dues in years do not do anything I said and they're the ones who gripe and complain about everything I said then we've got other people who have paid dues for the since way before I've been here pick up trash do stuff I said I never hear anything out of them they are never upset I said at church, 
I said, in, in 35 years, I said, I've had people who don't give a dime, don't do anything, don't, don't, you know, they, they don't give a dime to, to anything in the church, they don't give anything in the church, they don't do anything in the church, complain and gripe about everything. I said, then I got other people, man, I said, they are bleeding blood and working hard. So I said, they never asked for anything. I said, how come it's always the whiners who are always like that? And they looked at me and they were like, wow, I've never thought of that. And they said, you're exactly right. I said, I know I'm right. Why is that? Because that one, other, one side of it is only looking out for personal benefit. You have to look out for mutual benefit. I'll say this right now for, for anybody of y'all's age. If you'll figure out what somebody else wants enough and you just try to be there and help them, it'll change everything. My brother, bless his heart, he's... Um, he, 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 where he works, they won't give him, it's, it's, he's told me the hiring process is nuts. He says, it's like, it takes months. And he said, even once he gets approved to hire, somebody else will say he can't. He says, so he says, I can't really hire anybody. And this is a big corporation. He says, but I found out I can poach. I said, what do you mean poach? He says, I can transfer people in-house. He goes, that don't make anybody upset. He says, so I just go to these other departments and I get the people they don't want and I transfer them to me. And he says, so that's how I keep staffed. He says, because the HR and the money people can't get their story straight. He says, I'm telling you, he goes, I've tried to hire, like he said, one time like three people for about a year and a half. And he said, every time he went to hire them, the other department would say, well, we got to hold right now. He said, so I got tired of it and decided to work around the system. When he meets with these guys that he brings in, these are usually the ones that nobody else wants. And he says most of them are young and right out of college, so they're entitled and they're kind of cocky. He says, this is my first conversation with them. He said, your job when you come here at 9 a.m. is to work from nine to five. Your job when you walk in here at nine is to produce. He says, your job, he says, because Duke pays you good money and pays you a lot of money. This is IT people, a lot of money. So when you come to work, you need to produce. You need to make sure that we know there's a reason to keep you. And he says, because if I believe there's no reason to keep you, I will get rid of you. He said, he's just real blunt right off the front. Right, right off the front. But he says, he reiterates that every now and then. And here's what he said. He said, buddy, he says, those guys are the hardest working guys. He says, every now and then I'll weed one out. He says, but they know what's expected and they know what I want. And he says, as long as they give me what I want, he says, I never bother them. Now here's the other side. My brother, his job's gotten the reputation for getting it done. And they keep promoting him and, they, and, he's, 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 and he's, he's evidently a good manager. I never would have imagined that. But he gets stuff done. And that's, his, that's, his, that's the thing. They know if they put him in the job, he'll get it done. And he don't take excuses. And he don't make anybody happy. <laughs> sometimes, but he'll get it done. Now, why do they keep promoting him even though he's, quote, not qualified? Because he benefits them. Why do those guys work for him and work hard? It benefits them. And why is he there for them? It benefits him. See, the moment you take that for granted, you, you plant the seed for a relationship to end. Whether it be you and the Heavenly Father, you and your husband and wife, you and your kids. 
How many times have I heard parents do this? My kids never call me. Now, this is gonna sound bad now, and I, I, I just said, I, I'm, I'm at home the other night, and I was going through my computer files. I was just cleaning stuff up, and I clicked on this file. I, I hadn't clicked on this directory. I, I don't remember this directory. And I had three phone calls from my mama. So I listened to one of them. And it made me sad and made me mad all at the same time. All my life I heard from my mama. I just never hear from you. She didn't ever call me either. Now I'm gonna let that hang for just a moment. Has everybody got the point on that? And I'm not saying that to be harsh on mama. But don't be complaining about somebody not reaching out to you. Have you reached out to them? It's the law of mutual benefit. Well, I just wish I had friends. Then go be friends. Be friends with somebody. Hey, I'll tell you three a secret that I wish I had known and these people had known when I'm your age. It's smarter to be interested than interesting. Now, what do I mean by that? In a relationship, I can either be the clown and be interesting, or I can be interested. If I'm interested, I'll have a relationship a whole lot quicker. If I'm interesting, I might get some attention, but I might not have a relationship. Can I have an amen? Amen. Now, again, I'm not trying to dog my mama. I love my mama. My mama works through things, and I'm thankful for what I have. But did you ever hear me fuss about that? About my mama? I said, why fuss about me not calling her? You hadn't called me any. I remember as a kid, my mom would say, well, why don't you call me more often? Who in here remembers AT&T, or back then, Bell South Long Distance? at exorbitant rates to think I can call anywhere in America, talk as long as I want to now without long distance, and on my cell phone, no roam. (laughs) Who remembers the roam charge? And if you was a truck driver or traveled, I remember my first nationwide AT&T no long distance, no roam cell phone for $150 a month and I got 90 minutes a month. It was a little small brick that I thought was the greatest thing on God's earth because my cell phone bill went down from 400 to 150 because I'd be in Pennsylvania calling Lisa. You know, this is the way I talk. Hey baby, just want to you know I'm right home right here. I'm about to pull into the hotel. I'll, be just, I'll tell you this here. I'll talk to you a little bit. Bye. Hang up, fast as I could. Why? Because that call, that call was $3 a minute. <laughs> then I'd go inside their phone, the hotel, and use my calling card from MCI, yeah. who remembers that, and type, type, type 400 numbers. 1-800, type another number, type the phone number, beep. and if you messed up one button, guess what you did? Start it over. <sighs> so I even bought me a dollar. I even had a tone dollar. I programmed all that junk in. I'd hold it up to the phone and do this. I'd hit another button, do that. I mean, you know, and now I I can call anywhere. But I was eight, 10, 12, 14. I didn't have money to pay for long distance phone calls. 
I had, a, I had a guy tell me one time that he was crying about his kids. He said, they never come to me. They never reach out to me. I looked at him and I said, I said it with a tone. I said, when's the last time you sent them a card, sent them a text and called them? Yeah. Well, they should come because I'm their daddy. I said, you should go because you're the daddy. Amen. You're the mature one. You're the adult. And he loves me and I love him. So he took the harshness of my tone. I said, I, said, I don't care if they're 50 and you're 75. You're still the dad. Yeah. Set the standard. I, just, I, just, I said, or shut up complaining. Amen. And again, and I wouldn't try to, again, as God is my witness, I don't mean any of this to sound hard. I'm just trying to help. I'm, I mean, it's all my heart. I'm not trying to just be a, be a jerk. I said, you don't need to be complaining about it. I said, don't you, I said, when you were their age, were you busy? <laughs> Dear God, he goes, man, he goes, I was working two jobs just trying to make ends meet. He said, working crazy. I said, well, don't you think they're that busy too? What was we talking about earlier? You gotta have grace. Can I have an amen? But again, mutual benefit. Now I'm gonna throw this out and I'm not gonna do much with this. Who in here remembers the story of the prodigal son? It's in the book of Luke. In fact, if you want to verse four, just to make sure I can give it to you. Now I can give it to you. It's Luke 15, 11, 32. The Bible says that the parable of the lost son that the father had, how many sons? Two. It says that one of them came and asked for all his inheritance. The Bible says, it, in fact, let's read this. I'm, you don't have to go there, but I'm, I'm just gonna read this. This is Luke 15, 12. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of good that falls to me. He says, so he divided to them his livelihood. So both sons got the inheritance at the same time. That's something we so miss. Now, the story's main point is the point that the son that was lost was found and the father. But who in here would agree that the son broke the law of mutual benefit? He got what he wanted. He runs off. He goes out into the wild country. He lives wild. There's a famine. He loses everything. He's now feeding pigs, wishing he could just eat the slop. And it says nobody gave him anything. And then he realized that there was a something he could go do and at least work for his dad, which would be what? Benefit his dad, he'd be fed. All of a sudden, it woke him up. So on the way there, what happens to the dad? The dad rejoices, runs to the son, is all happy. Why is the dad happy? The benefit of being in fellowship with the son. Kills the fatted calf, gets the coat and the ring on, and now what happens to the other brother who's outside working? Now here's the part to me. Is, is there actually the parable of the lost son? They're both lost, yeah. is the point. I think we often miss. One's lost because he's over there living wild and adulterous, incestuous, whatever, you know, harlot, wasted away. In fact, what's funny is we don't even really know if that's true. We take that from the account from the other brother. Did you ever notice that? It just said he wasted his life with wild living. Well, wild living could have meant he... Bought lottery tickets. Can I have any? I don't know. You know, or whatever. Or, you know, went to NASCAR races, you know, 27 times in a month. I don't know. But the brother said, the brother's the one who said he wasted it on harlots. Which actually, to me, sounds a little judgmental and condemning. Because how did he know? But now here's something that's amazing. The heart of the second brother was not right either because he goes to the dad and fusses. 
And he says, well, you know, he said, here I have been doing everything and I've been doing right and I've been, you know, I've been working hard and you never gave me anything. Now here's something. If he had spent time with his dad, he would have known his dad's heart. And he would have known he could have had anything. So they both broke it. But who in here knows that the moment the heavenly father, which is portrayed by the father, sees that you repent, he runs to you. Why? Because he's glad to restore that relationship. Now, so here's our lessons today to take away. Number one, operate in the law of mutual benefit when it comes to each other. Ask how you can serve, how you can help. I had a guy tell me one time, it really blessed me, took me as a, I took it as a compliment. He looked at me, he said, man, he goes, you are not like a lot of traveling ministers. I said, I said, well, I said, I hope that's good. He goes, oh, I mean it good. He said, but you kind of shot me. He said, why? He said, you'll do anything here. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, he goes, I've never had a guest minister help put out chairs. I said, well, they ain't putting themselves out by themselves. I said, somebody's got to do it. I said, I don't mind helping. He said, wow. He said, I, he goes, I just don't, never had a guy do that. He said, you know, Usually you want blue M&Ms. I said, no, I want red M&Ms. Can I have an amen? That's all. And so, uh, so you have to do, so, so you have to operate in it. But the other side is when somebody has broken that with you, and I'm really talking relational family issues, and they start wanting to come back, have grace to them. Be like the father. But on the other side, if it doesn't, meet a mutual benefit, you may need to judge that. And let me throw this out. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Paul said, as much as lies within me, I live peaceable with all men. Now, just throw out something real personal again. Not trying to throw out something personal, but why sometimes did I not make certain calls? And I did. I, I, it, the relationship was this way a whole lot more than it was ever this way. It always was. But I sometimes didn't do that way. Why? Because it hurt my heart. Has everybody got that? So I, there, there's no sin. I, I don't have a scripture which says I have to go get beat up. Amen. Well, if you, if you was like Jesus, Jesus would go, hey, G, you, you watch Jesus. Jesus many times in places where whatever, he left. He just walked away. If he hadn't have done that they were, after his first sermon, he'd have been dead. They tried to kill him. That wasn't a good benefit. Can I have an amen? So, so you, when it comes to that, you, and you shouldn't feel guilty about that. Now, I'm not saying you have to go be mean about that. And everybody say amen. Well, I don't like you because there's no benefit here. You can be gracious. And it's funny, it's only now that I even talk about it sometimes about towards my mom. And again, I look back and she had an alcohol problem and I have grace. I look back and I, think I, I found out some things about her childhood. <laughs> have grace. But even though I have grace doesn't mean I'm gonna live and be a, a floor man. But I am gonna do my part. And when it comes to relationships, I wanna challenge everybody, do your part and expect the other person to do their part. And there's nothing wrong with you looking at somebody in life and saying, listen, this isn't right. This relationship goes one way. I heard a story one time by Joyce Meyer. I always loved this story. This guy hired this woman 
for 20 hours a week. The job description, 20 hours a week, so much pay, no more than 20 hours a week, four hours a day, five days a week. Her kids were in school, she, and the job worked perfect for her hours, so she goes in, she gets the job. After about six weeks, he started keeping her there four and a half hours. Then it was five hours. Now, he's still paying her, but it's now six hours. Then he starts sending home, work home with her. So finally, one day, she had all she wanted. Who would agree he had pushed the benefit from what the promise was? So she goes into his office, and she said, sir, to her boss, you have a problem. And he was, you know, what do you mean I got a problem? She laid down this whole pile of work. She said, I agreed to four hours a day. I told you then I have two children, and I have to take care of them. And I'm not working anymore more than four hours a day. That's what you hired me for. And so I, this work here will not get done. Now, if you want to fire me because you hired me for four hours a day and I'm working four hours a day, that's fine too. She says, but I will always give you my four hours a day. And she goes, have I get, and he goes, yeah, you, you've been a good employee. She says, but I'm never giving you more than four hours a day again because that's not what I agreed. Now, if you want to renegotiate, that's different. But this is your problem to get fixed. And he, she walked out. You know what the guy did? He kept her because she was a good worker. Her benefit at four hours was greater than anything else. So he couldn't afford to lose her. Now, if her benefit hadn't been greater, he wouldn't have kept her. Was that, was that, would you all agree with that? So what did he do? He kept her. But he was trying to push it. So there's sometimes relationally, you have to push it. Now, who in here knows with Jesus, we never have to push it. Jesus has to push it with us. Can I have an amen? Because sometimes we get out of line. But he, we, we don't ever have to do that with him. Because why? His promises are yes and amen. And he's an ever faithful brother. So we don't have to worry about that. But when we operate in that law of mutual benefit, we have surety of, 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 of a construct that that relationship's strong. Who in here wants a deeper spiritual walk? Say amen. Then guess what? Just make sure the benefit's there. Make sure you're there for it. Make sure you're, you're involved in it. Who wants to have a greater marriage? Here's something I've always found funny. Do you know the people who go to the marriage conferences? All the people with good marriages. It always amazes me. You know the people who go to Dave Ramsey things? All the people who are pretty much out of debt. You know the people who go to church so many times? Good, strong Christians. Why? They realize it blesses my life. It keeps me straight. It will provide my life. It will, it will benefit me to do this. In fact, I, I, I don't know how many times I have, as a church, we've paid for somebody to go to a marriage retreat, youth camp, uh, Dave Ramsey, and we'll pay because they can't afford it. And what's funny to me is, I, I remember one time we paid for, at the landing, four or five families to go through Financial Peace University, because we can't afford it. Would you believe that none of them even went to the second week? One week. I looked at somebody later, again, I, somebody, somebody, I said, we'll never do that again. I said, it's just a waste of money. I said, because they didn't want it bad enough. And everybody who paid $125, you know what? They went all, back then, 12 weeks. Now it's, I think, eight. There was no benefit. They did not see the benefit to being a part. On the other side, here's the other way, the worst part. They didn't see the benefit of being a giver in the relationship. Now, see, you've always got something to give in a relationship. 
You may not think you have something to give in a relationship, but you always do. Sometimes it's just being there. Who in here remembers Matt and R. Brian? Matt and R. Remember Matt? So, you know, they, they moved away and moved to Griffin area. One time, Matt, he, um, he busted his, he ruptured his appendix. And um, so he was in the hospital for it. And, and Aura called me one day and she says, Pastor Chris, could you do me a favor? I said, Aura, what do you need? And I, I never thought anything about it. She says, could you just sit with Matt while I'm gone? And that was mostly to make sure the nurses didn't do anything nuts. Can I have an amen? God bless nurses, amen, I don't mean that wrong. But, but, it, was, but it was a lot of chaos. She says, I just want someone in there if he wakes up so he's not, you know, whatever. I said, no problem. So I, went, I think I sat four hours. Took my laptop, took my legal pad, and I just had a good time. I didn't think nothing about it. Now here's something about, I did not value that at all. They did. They told me later, that meant so much to them. My pastor in North Carolina before we moved here, his son almost died a couple years later after we moved down here. And uh, he was in ICU, all plugged up, and his mom and dad are sitting at the hospital, and uh, his wife's there. And my dad, um, my dad, and my dad was not a, a talkative person sometimes, and he would eventually, but he just goes up there and sits with the pastor all day one day. And my dad later looked at, and I found out that meant more to those two people, his mom and dad. That my dad, my dad didn't go to church there. He just knew him from when we had been parts and stuff, you know. He, he had changed churches. And so what's funny is that my dad had no idea the impact. And I was talking to Josh's dad one day, and he said, man, he says, he says, you have no idea how much that meant to me to have your dad just sit there. He goes, we didn't say much. He goes, I'm kind of quiet. Your dad's kind of quiet. He said, we just sat there, you know, looking at each other. I was like, well, y'all sure didn't have anything good to look at each other, did you? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just kind of made a joke. So don't let your undervaluation of what you have to offer ever stop you from offering it. Because most of us never appreciate what we are. And everybody ought to say a big amen to that. What did David say? I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. That's a little arrogant. But that is 100% true. The human eye alone is the most marvelous creation. Just now, science is just now about to get to where they can do something close. Look at somebody and say, I will honor God and be a benefit to the kingdom. And here's the other side to that. When you are, all things are possible. That's really the key difference. That's really the difference. Everybody say it, the law of mutual benefit always operates all the time always for me can I have an amen next time you go somewhere and it seems down bring a benefit be the benefit next time you go out to eat be the benefit again I've had actually more upgrades and treated nicer on airlines because I walked up to the ticket gate and said this and meant it. No, 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 understand. I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not manipulating by no means. Honestly, honestly meant this. I said, honey, I could care less what happens. I just want to get to Atlanta. I don't care if it's tonight, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. I don't care. I just want to see mama, my three babies. 
I said, if you need me to fly first class coach, tie me to the wing, put me in the luggage compartment, bump me for two days, or, or, or two flights, not days, two flights, whatever you need to do, whatever makes your job easier right now, do that for me and make it easier for you because I don't have anything to go do. I can go sit and read. You have no idea how many times that person is gone. Give me a moment. And I'm like, oh my God, they're gonna send me to Alaska. They're gonna reroute me and mess me up. And they'll walk up here and go, you're in business class. You're on the next flight. You have a great weekend. And I'm like, you know, and they'll just be real nice. Why? Because I didn't yell. I didn't scream. I benefited. Can I have an amen? It is also called the law of sowing and reaping. But relationally, it's the law of mutual benefit. Father, in Jesus' name, we bow our heads and we thank you for your grace and your goodness to us. We thank you, Father, that Jesus is the preeminent example of a mutual benefit. You to him, Heavenly Father, and him to you. The Holy Spirit also to each other. But Father, to us, he is the greatest example of benefiting and giving his life away and ministering to other people. Father, help us as a church always look for the opportunity to be the benefit to other people. Whether it be corporately, whether it be individually, help us be the benefit in Jesus' name. Right now with every head bowed and every eye closed, I wanna just pray. If you say, Pastor Chris, I don't know Jesus. I tell you right now, Jesus wants to benefit your life. If you'd say, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life, hold your hand up. Anybody at all? Amen. Okay. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? All right, I want you to join hands with somebody beside you. If you're sitting beside somebody. Hallelujah. I want everybody to pray this with me. Say, Heavenly Father. If you're online, pray it too. Say, Heavenly Father. I come to you right now. And I want to receive new life through Jesus. I want Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Therefore, I say and I commit to make Jesus the Lord of my life. And I choose to believe that you raised him from the dead, Father. And gave me new life through him. I will serve you all the days of my life and I will walk in love be a benefit to you to others to myself in Jesus name and everybody say amen nobody look around nobody look around now right now you can turn your hands but if you prayed that prayer and you meant it hold your hand up okay okay amen 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 now if you said it for the first time or you rededicated your life hold your hand up Okay, amen, amen, amen. You can put your hand down. Now here's what I want you to do. Everybody look up at me. If you raised your hand for the first time or rededicated uh, and you've not done that in a while, meet me after service wherever I'm at, find me. I just wanna pray with you um, and bless you. Can I have an amen? All right, let's do something nice, have fun. Let's give a good hand clap to the, one of the two greatest elders on earth. Can I have an amen? You know it's true. Good morning. Well, it's not morning anymore. Hey, beautiful people. Wasn't that a wonderful service? 
to know that we not only benefit from being in right relationship, but that we are a benefit. That's a beautiful thing. Thank you for that word, Pastor Chris. Do we have announcements? Yes. So second Saturday prayer, that's this Saturday coming up. Have your face in the place at 5 p.m. So we can come in here and just give homage and praise and glory and invite God to continue to stay in his rightful place as Lord and Savior of our lives. First Saturday, that was yesterday, the women's group met. It's every first Saturday. It's wonderful fellowship. Um, if you're online and you've never visited us, please come in on the first Saturday. Every Wednesday, we have online exclusive Bible study with Pastor Chris. He's always bringing good word. Uh, I don't think that I've ever been or heard him to where he's not bringing a good word. So anytime that we can listen to what Pastor Chris is bringing about the Lord, make sure that we're present. And then small groups are every Sunday morning from 9.45 to 10.30 a.m. And that would be it. Y'all, my father is a pastor. And when I visited his church, he always had a saying that he would get the congregation to participate in. And so today I want to invite y'all to do the same thing. Prayer is powerful. And when you do much prayer, you have much power. If you have little prayer, you have little power. So what are we going to do? Pray. Right? So let prayer be one of the cornerstones of the foundation of how we intercede and bridge the gap to the lost in this world. Little prayer, little power. Much prayer. So what are we doing? Yes, praying. So we're going to close out right now with prayer. Father God, we thank you for life and strength, for health, for being in our right minds, Lord, for being able to come into service today or even tune into service today to hear your word. Lord God, we thank you for the message that's sent out for us to be a mutual benefit and to make sure that we are looking for how we can connect and be in right relationship, not only with you, but with your children. And Father God, I just pray a blessing on every household that's present here today, for every family that is watching online, Lord. And we just pray for your blessing, for your hand to be involved in all things that we are in, involved in. And Lord God, we just glorify you. We praise you in all things, through all things, and for all things. We love you. Amen. <laughs>